0: Equip your smartphone with the free KRVN app, powered by Capel Sales. Get breaking story alerts, up to date market information, and live weather in your pocket. Listen to podcasts on your time, watch the latest KRVN videos, and receive closings and cancellation information, all at your fingertips. Download the KRVN app for iPhone and Android wherever you get free apps, proudly powered by Capel Sales.
1: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontanel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. First and foremost, Merry Christmas Eve to everybody. Hopefully you have some time to spend with friends and family and enjoy the the true meaning of the season. And we're going to look at what's happening market-wise. Of course, markets did close early today. In case you didn't know, we finished everything up at 12.05. But we're going to find out what's been happening today. But what's happening as we move forward through this holiday next week as well into 2020. And excited to have joining us, Mike Zuzalo. He's with Global Commodity Analytics. And, and Mike, first of all, Merry Christmas to you and your family.
2: You too, Susan. A blessed Christmas to you and your family and all the KRV and family as well as the listening family because it's such a great place to be part of. And uh, this is going to be my second year that I'll be working with you and I just couldn't be happier. I just am uh, so blessed to have a group of people like you all and and, uh, the wonderful people that listen and call in, and I appreciate that, and Merry Christmas to everybody.
1: Well, we definitely enjoy our conversations, and looking at the markets, no surprise, we're into those holiday doldrums of the next week and a half, and things have been kind of on the quieter side, which is okay going into Christmas.
2: Yeah, we welcome that, and you know, I hate to think in all sincerity how tough maybe this Christmas could have been for us in agriculture had we not come to some type of an agreement before that big December 15 deadline for the next group of uh, US tariffs went into effect with China. And had we not gotten the phase one agreement, while we know it's not signed yet, and a lot of people in the market are talking about that and trading around that, um, and while we know we haven't gotten the USMCA signed, sealed, and delivered by all of the US Congress yet, um, we do have a lot better picture looking forward and looking going into 2020 as far as the trade walls coming down and the trade frictions coming down and i i hate to think of what it would have been like if we would have put those december 15 tariffs into place because i really do feel like that was kind of our last best hope for both sides to come together and if they had not and those tariffs would have come into effect then we would have had a really difficult time bringing the two sides together and it may have been taken most of 2020 just to get the two sides back together again. So I feel extra blessed. I hope the listeners uh, feel that way as well, and I hope it's pretty smooth sailing on the trade front as we go into 2020 as well.
1: well. we have a lot of reasons to, to be optimistic as we head into 2020, especially the way 2019 was.
2: Yeah, and you know, we, this is one of the things I'm writing right now as a Christmas message to all of us that participate in the Christian faith I think it's really important to realize that the nativity scene and and the, the birth of Christ and the fact that the wise men traveled over such distances, what did they have in their hearts that we in agriculture have? And it's hope, and we have hope that there are better times ahead, and we can't ever give up on that. And it has been a very tough 2019. It was a relatively tough 2016 uh, through 2018 as well. But I think some of the things that are going for us in 2020, if we keep the trade frictions removed out of the picture is that we have a dollar that is weaker. We have a soft red uh, wheat cash price on the DTN cash index that's 55 cents better than it was a year ago. We have tighter U.S. supplies of corn and beans as well.
1: You know, as you, as you look back over 2019, I mean, I think back to a year ago when you and I were talking and we were very optimistic Going into the next year, who would have ever thought that three short months later we'd have been dealing with the devastation that we had to deal with in agriculture and the the tough times that happened, not only for our crop producers but our cattle producers as well?
2: No, I think that's it. and I, I was I was working with another uh, major business newspaper on on uh, Tuesday and and talking to them exactly about the protein markets in 2020 and how much damage has been done probably to the farm economy in the protein markets, especially. Uh, with the livestock sector for a variety of reasons, but may, mainly centered around trade. But this is where I think we can look back and utilize some of the information and get more, uh, maybe, um, better, more Im- improved in terms of our marketing. And, and what I mean by that, Susan, is at the end of 2018, you bring up something very important. We had the new NAFTA signed on November 30th. The Federal Reserve was shifting policy. They were tightening interest rates. That was friendly to the markets. We had the China Belt and Road Initiative that was starting to pick up and probably increase consumer demand, as well as in, improve uh, consumption in the commodity sector as a whole. As a whole, we had a U.S. dollar. It, this, this is probably the most fascinating piece. The U.S. dollar at this point was at ninety-seven fifty at the end of the week on uh, going into Christmas, almost identical to our current level. And so, you're right. We had a lot of optimism at the end of 2018 and what happened in the first part first half of 2019 we continued with that optimistic mindset and our best prices whether you're looking at cattle whether you're looking at hogs whether you're looking at grains was up into that june july time frame and it was mainly that federal federal reserve policy shift to easing rates and those tariff restrictions which kind of went hand in hand but really killed the markets and i think this is where we begin again in 2020.
1: And it's to keep kind of in that mindset of you know we went through some bad times we are we're coming out of them we can always have some optimism that 2020 is going to bring them some more positives even though we've got folks like the the National Weather Service saying being prepared we could see another very wet spring.
2: Exactly. And you have also a US supply of corn That is at 1.9 billion bushels versus 2.1 billion in the last marketing year in the December report. And that number probably coming down. You have a bean supply-demand number domestically that instead of at 913 million bushels, is at 475 million bushels. You also have world stocks that are also coming down versus 18, 19. And I think probably maybe for the livestock people, the most important thing to think about is we have had a U.S. uh, domestic surplus of meats we saw another record pork uh... cold storage report yesterday we saw another poultry record number yesterday we know cattle on feed are up two percent and ab- back above twelve million head we know the hogs and pigs are up three percent back above seventy seven million head however we also have a global protein shortage thanks to african swine fever and if those tariff uh... rates remain subdued and continue to go lower and the trade frictions heal up between our biggest trading partners, I think the global supply shortage of protein starts to influence us as we get into the second half.
1: All right, well, stick around. We're going to look into 2020 in the second half. Welcome back to the Fontanelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We continue our conversation with Mike Zuzalo, and as we all know, markets did close early today. We'll be closed all day tomorrow in observance of the Christmas Day holiday, but then two full days Thursday, Friday, which I don't know, Mike, I don't expect a lot of uh, exciting things to happen in the marketplace these next couple of days headed into the rest of the holiday.
2: No, I think the biggest thing we have to watch, and you're right, the lighter volume's already showing up. We're taping this about two hours before the actual close, and we're already we're we're only trading about twenty five percent of the normal volume in corn and beans right now and about half the normal volume in soft red wheat, Susan. So I think you hit it spot on with the volume. I think the big thing we got to watch is North Korea. They're talking about a quote, Christmas gift unquote. and, You know, if they would do something that would rattle President Trump's nerves and make him have to react in terms of a military reaction, I think that kind of attention could bring back up the U.S.-China negotiations and the U.S.-China trade and foreign policy issues that we faced all year long in 19. I hope and pray that is not the case because, as I said before, and what we talked about in the previous segment, this is a time period that we're starting to draw down and, and come down off of, pretty strong tensions and frictions right at the time we needed them to go down so that's the biggest thing to watch number one thing to watch here in the next few days um, and the possible impact on our relations i think then the trade especially the funds because of what's happened the next last couple weeks i think the funds will be watching the technicals very very closely as we close out the month and as we close out the year and as we close out the decade so as i said in the previous segment that that soft red wheat price is a very important number because it's been the leader in the grains to the upside. It's brought us the low, the first uh, of the three major grains and oil seeds. Um, that 580 area, that 587 area, that's going to be an area that I watch real closely as we go into the end of the year because I think that means something because technically I think the funds are very hard driven with charts and technicals. And then we go on to the January 10th crop report. Do we have lower U.S. production or not? Do we have lower harvested acres that get us to that lower production? And the other thing, too, now that we've gotten, as long as we go ahead and have the signage of all these trade agreements, does USDA come in and increase export demand, especially for corn and wheat, and and the idea that the Phase 1 agreement with China and the USMCA has actually got some actual impact? And we did start to see some of that as we saw the weekly export sales hit marketing year highs last week in both wheat and corn. And then finally, number four on the list is going to be South America weather. There is still a drought in Argentina. That's going to be important in January. And even Brazil has some spotty areas that maybe could make or break us as far as seeing a production number over 120 million metric tons. That's the big number to me. If we can get back below 120 million tons in Brazil production, it will probably garner more of China's business and make that 40 billion to $50 billion purchase price of U.S. ag exports a, a viable option.
1: You know, we haven't talked a lot about the fact that Australia has had so many fires, and maybe we don't see it from, a, obviously, a crop perspective affecting us, but we do know from a livestock perspective there's some concerns that are there for those producers. At what point do the markets kind of look at what's happening in Australia and seeing their struggles from lack of rain?
2: You know, for all the technology, and what a wonderful question to ask, because of all the technology we have that we can see everything going on, it seems like all we've been uh, focused on and, and had narrow vision on is African swine fever. And I think once we get past that being a negative force in the market and being a positive demand force in the market, all of a sudden I think the Asian rim will realize exactly what you're talking about, is that Australia doesn't have a livestock export potential to be able to meet their needs. And they've already gone... They being China and other Asian countries have already gone to Brazil and Argentina to pick up as much as they can in the meat sector there, as well as from Spain and Netherlands and so on and so forth. So I think that's a real key element to 2020 and why I think the global protein market is looking a lot better than what it did in 2019 and could actually probably lead the grains out to higher highs if we get good demand and proteins established
1: a new decade a new year coming from a livestock what are some things that our producers need to keep an eye out to keep their profitability going
2: yeah i think this is where 2019 it seemed like the packer margin was good the retail price was good but the producer price the rancher and and pork producer price was not good i would look for 2020 for those two things to or those three things to come together if the packer's going to make money and the, and the retail sector is going to make money. The producer's going to need to make money as well. So I think you still hedge, but you expect maybe higher highs, especially after the June-July time period.
1: Any other thoughts that we need to focus on, grain or livestock, just to keep ourselves going these next week and a half?
2: You know, I would only say this, Susan, I feel as though that once people get a trial and and look at my analysis, they see something that they've never seen before and it's very beneficial to them in terms of making decisions and decisions that are more medium-term and not short-term and not based upon a 24-hour news cycle. And I think it may be worth your while in 2020 to take a look at, the, uh, the the possibility of working with me. So go to the website at globalanalytics.biz and sign up for a trial and see if that doesn't help.
1: All right, well, Merry Christmas to you, Mike.
2: You too, Susan. Thank you, and God bless.
1: Just a reminder, folks, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. That is our Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Check it out through our website, ruralradio.com, as a podcast or wherever you subscribe. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.
0: Thank you, Susan. 232 here at 880 KRVN. Again, we present Fontenelle Final Bell every day, same time here in the 2 o'clock hour, except for days like yesterday when we had the Governor's call Show. Then we try to run it in the 3 o'clock hour as well. Catch it as a podcast, krvn.com, as well as the KRVN app. And wherever you get your uh, podcast, you can catch the Fontenelle Final Bell. Um, there. So, really have to appreciate Mike Zuzlo's, uh discussion, though, and really making the connection between agriculture, the men and women in agriculture, and really the season that we're celebrating here through Christmas. Carrying that uh, hope in all of our hearts. 232 here, we've got Fox News. Course, here in about 10 minutes will be an auction time, weather just around the corner. And because it is Christmas Eve, we won't have all of our uh, daily segments like USDA cash grains and stuff coming up in the three o'clock hour. So I have dug through the annuals and I have found a few uh, Christmas stories. Hopefully, we can get those shared as well. Starting at six o'clock tonight, running all the way through tomorrow, it'll be Christmas stories. So great classic American Christmas stories. So make sure to tune in and enjoy all those. So we won't have regular scheduled programming tomorrow in observation of Christmas. but But uh, again, just ahead, Fox News.